Welcome to The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, uh, bringing you another exciting episode. Uh, this week's uh, episode from Sherlock Holmes. Um, I would tell you the exact time it was sent in, but uh, to be honest, I am in doubt. Um, and I will get to that in just a moment. Um, before we do, I want to encourage you to cast your vote uh, at podcastalley.com. you got any comments on the show, feel free to email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Um, but let's go ahead and get into uh, tonight's program. Uh, this episode of Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, uh, called Murder by Proxy, and uh, we'll go ahead and listen to it, and then we'll come back. Every week at this time, the makers of G. Washington's Coffee bring you a story from the Sherlock Holmes series of mystery dramas. This week's adventure is an adaptation of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story entitled The Final Problem. Remember as you listen to it that G. Washington solves your daily coffee problem just as surely as Holmes solves his famous mystery. At the end of the program, we have a brief announcement about Dr. Watson and his friend Sherlock Holmes. Please listen for it. And that opening paragraph, as always, leads us to Dr. Watson's comfortable, hospitable study. Well, there's a blazing fire and a steaming cup of G. Washington coffee to welcome you. Here it is, Mr. Bell, made it as you came up the steps. Thank you, Dr. Watson. <laughs> you know, a good cup of coffee always seems to me to be the very essence of hospitality. You name me a better coffee than G. Washington's, Mr. Bell. Go ahead, name me one. Ah, <laughs> oh, but seriously, G. Washington's isn't just another brand of coffee. It's really entirely different. It not only has a perfect flavor, but it's the easiest coffee to fix. Just a teaspoonful in the cup, add hot water, and incidentally, you never make more than you're going to use, so that makes it economical, too. Right, Mr. Bell. Now, suppose I begin my story. Fine. What's it to be this time? How about another tussle between Holmes and Professor Moriarty? Excellent. Always give me plenty of first-class shudders to meet that individual. Well, tonight's story deals with Holmes' efforts to break up one of his most unpleasant schemes. A racket, you call it, today. And did he succeed? Oh, no, Mr. Bell, that's putting the cart before the horse. <laughs> the affair began with a series of curious disappearances from St. Anthony's Hospital. Well, what disappeared, Dr. Watson? People or things? They were corpses, or perhaps I should say cadavers. Oh. No, before I go any farther... Perhaps I should explain that St. Anthony's is a medical school and hospital combined. I myself took my course in anatomy and dissection inside its venerable walls. Sir Lionel Greatlake, the head of the staff, was an old friend of mine. We cursed our internship in the same hospital. But to make a long story short, I, I received a frantic communication from Sir Lionel begging me to persuade Holmes to come straight to the hospital. I remember that night perfectly. A particularly nasty pea super had settled down over London. Literally feeling our way, we crept along the embankment till we sensed, rather than saw, the grey walls of St. Anthony's looming up ahead.
Captain Foghorn's always have to sound so mournful. Well, Watson, you would insist on coming tonight. Your no, staff entrance should be somewhere along here. And here it is. I stumbled over the doorstep. Where is that infernal bell pull? Oh, and here we are. I hope the night watchman hasn't gone off in his rounds. No, no, someone's opening the door. Thank you, Watson. Uh, the Paul Act can't seem to occur. It's me right enough, Leo. I brought Sherlock Holmes along with me. Oh, thank heavens. Come in, come in. Uh, Holmes, this is my old friend, Lionel Greatlake. Oh, delighted. Honored, and I may say grateful and relieved. Uh, this is the sixth theft inside one month, Mr. Holmes. Got the place in an uproar. Nurses having hysterics. Patients insist on going home. I take it you're alluding to the cadavers which have been stolen recently. Yes, Mr. Holmes. You know how jealous a hospital is of its reputation. At least it'll be a scandal. Oh, and... cheer up, Leo. Maybe it's just a prank of one of the lads. You know what medical students are. No, that's what I thought when we found the first body missing four weeks ago. But now that five have been stolen, oh, no, that's carrying a joke too far. They tried to get away with another this evening. Really? I just happened to drop into the dissecting room in time to stop it. The minute I opened the door, I knew someone was in there, but he slipped out the side way before I could light the gas. But uh, come and see for yourself. Follow me. The, the laboratory is in this way. Oh, mortal Liam. Looks familiar, Leo. Remember when we used to sneak a forbidden smoke behind that broom closet? I wish to heaven life were as simple nowadays. Juicy faces like a beehive, buzzing with suspicion. No wonder we've been able to keep it out of the paper. Ah, uh, here we are. One second till I unlock the door. Uh, sit. Now, uh, just let me turn up the gas. Uh, well, there we are. Uh, quite impressive. I see you have all the latest improvements. Oh, uh, that gentleman in the corner, I take it he was the object of tonight's attempted abduction. Yes, Mr. Holmes, that's the cops. Splendid specimen, do. Face mm. a bit the worst for wear. Well, otherwise, a splendid body. Yes, yes, we're most anxious not to lose him. He must be fairly recent. I see there have been no injections of the preserving fluid. That's right, Mr. Holmes. He died only this afternoon. Mm. And the other stolen bodies, they have been duly preserved, I suppose. Well, uh, no. Now that you mention it, they, they were all stolen before being treated. Curious, eh, Watson? Well, I don't know. I suppose if you're going to be a body snatcher, you might as well take fresh ones. Uh, you'll pardon me if I rummage around a bit, Sir Arnold? Oh, of course, of course. Yes, I, I can carry on my interrogations and my investigations at the same time. Oh, dear, dear. My, my lady's needs politics. Hmm. Uh, now then, uh, male or female? What? The stolen bodies with a male or female? Oh, uh, male, all of them. You're saying. Interesting, eh, Watson? You mean you think the thief's a woman hater? Well, I wouldn't go so far as that. Uh, what age are the missing corpses? Oh, I don't know. Middling, I should say. Remarkably good lot of bodies, though. No mark to face them in. Hmm. Uh, here's a lad that's been careless about cleaning his instruments. Oh, that'll be Potter. Has some girl on his mind. Can't wait to get washed up and away. I see. And, uh, and you found this, uh, this specimen out here after the thief was scared off, huh? I take it the cadavers aren't usually left lying about. Oh, certainly not. They're kept in that long steel cabinet over there. Can't be too careful, you know. Have to be rats in a building as old as this. And, uh, how many people have keys to that cabinet, Sir Lionel? Only Dr. Lacey. You may know him by reputation, Mr. Holmes. Hugo Lacey, he's our head surgeon and has charge of the classes in the thing. Of course, brilliant fellow. I say, Leo, how's he coming along with his experiments in transplanting tissue? I can't say. Carries on most of his experiments in a little laboratory he's fixed up in his own lodgings. <laughs> Never lets anything out till it's perfect. 
One of the cleverest surgeons in the country, Mr. Holmes. Magnificent touch. I could wish, however, that he was a better professor. No, no, no good at teaching, eh? No, it isn't that. It's his temper. He can be devilish nasty. And let him catch one of the lads with an instrument bent out of place. <laughs> it's a phobia with him, Mr. Holmes. A place for everything and everything in its place. I trust young Potter sets his things to right before lazy season. Oh, this is the door through which the thief escaped, I take it. Yes, and I, I bolted it on the inside, as you can see. Well, that's that. I think I've seen all there is to see. Found anything, Holmes? Yes, yes. There's what you might call an overabundance of clues. Too many to permit of any intelligent deduction. What do you mean? Well, 14 sets of fingerprints, for instance. And in the dust, under that operating table alone, I found shreds of five different types of tobacco. Yeah, I'm afraid Mrs. Cutts is getting careless again. Oh, she's the cleaning woman, Mr. Holmes. Dr. Lacey is always complaining that she's inefficient. Well, Mr. Holmes, if you've finished your investigation, perhaps you can advise us how we should act in this, madam. Now, before I do that, suppose we come to an understanding. Would you be satisfied merely to stop the thefts, or do you want to know who is responsible for the missing corpses? We must find out everything, Mr. Holmes. Who and what and how and why. A mystery of any kind is most demoralizing for a hospital. In that case, we should do nothing further. Oh, but Holmes... We should do nothing further tonight. But aren't you going to, uh, to set a watch on if this If we did, the criminal wouldn't show up. You may take my word for it, Sir Lionel. The man who has been stealing your cadavers is thoroughly acquainted with the workings of this hospital. But, uh, look here, Mr. Holmes, if... Uh... If we don't set a guard on this room, he may steal this body, too. I sincerely hope so. Well, there's no use making things too easy for him. At least we can put the body back in the cabinet. Unfortunately, that won't be possible. We can't open it. The cabinet has a spring lock. The thief slammed it after him. Oh, dear, dear. What will Lacey say when he finds this corpse out here in the morning? Well, I don't think there's much danger of that, Sir Lionel. Really, Mr. Holmes, I am, I am disappointed. I, I must say I hope you'll be more helpful. Hmm. Well... There's one thing we can do for you before we leave, eh, Watson? No, what? Well, we can make up for Mrs. Clutch's deficiencies. Uh, if you'll get us a couple of old rags and Lionel, I think Watson and I can go over this room in no time. Oh, have you gone out of your mind? Not at all, my dear Watson, not at all. It's most important that everything should be neat and tidy. dissipated all the fog. Now, what's the idea of routing a chap out of his nice warm bed and the streets still deserted? Depressing, if you ask me. The important thing, my dear Watson, is in setting a trap is to collect your catch before anyone else does. Now, oh, here's St. Anthony's. Hello, hello. Sir Lionel seems to be having a bit of an argument with someone on the set. Now, I'll be pulled off this schedule by any sort of detective, you see. I'm going home now to fix Dr. Lacey's breakfast, but I'll be back. And when I do, I'm going to clean that room. But Mrs. Cutts, I assure you that... A fine one you are to be put in charge. Everyone knows routine is what keeps an obstacle running. Uh, uh, oh, Watson, Mr. Holmes, I didn't see you. Uh, come in. Watson, Anthony's come at you, I'd like to know. I'll give me way, you. What? Here, I uh, beg your pardon. I'm not to be put off this schedule. I'll tell you that. My soul, what I... Yes, uh, that, uh, that was Mrs. Cutts. Uh, so I gathered. Bit of a termagant, gun, really. Old red hair. <laughs> Fairly blazes. Uh, come in. Come in. 
<laughs> Sorry to give you such a stormy welcome, but I, I just caught Mrs. Clutz about to clean up the laboratory. <laughs> I suppose you want to take another look at the place. If it's convenient. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Follow me. Oh, I, uh, I wonder why the sudden burst of energy on Mrs. Clutz's The Dr. Lacey may have been putting the screws on. If they get along like cat and dog, those two. But didn't I just hear her say that she was going home to fix him his breakfast? Yes. You see, Dr. Lacey is Mrs. Clutz's star lodger. But surely if they get on each other's nerves as they seem to... Yes, it is a bit difficult to understand, I admit, but... Oh, I suppose Lacey hesitates to move. He's, he's really very comfortable. He's built in a lot of improvements, cupboards, and things of that sort. And I've told you how he is. A place for everything and everything in its place. Moreover, Mrs. Clutz is a first-class cook, and Lacey, <laughs> he's a good feeder. Father Lacey, I wouldn't push the old girl too far. I'd be afraid of finding poison in my coffee some bright morning. Well, here's your laboratory, Mr. Holmes. After you, gentlemen. Hmm. Looks about the same as it did last night. Well, I shall be able to judge better after I've gone over the place with my microscope. But you said yourself there were too many fingerprints and things. Well, why do you suppose I insisted on those rags last night, eh? Oh, of course, I see now. We were rubbing out those prints. Oh, marvelous, my dear Watson, marvelous. The old brain is actually functioning this early in the morning. Well, now let's see what we bag. Hmm. Oh, well, here, here. Here's the sweeping stroke of a mop. The very mop that has been standing in this corner. Here. Here, yes, yes. Here are the imprints of a heavy hand on the edge of this table. Note the unusual walls on the left-hand middle finger, like a question mark. And those must be Mrs. Cutter's fingerprints. She was just about to start dusting the table when I caught her. Yes, the prints on the mark and on the table are identical. Well, well, uh, well, that seems to be all the evidence against Mrs. Clutch. I got her out as quickly as I could. Holmes, I say, Holmes, the corpse is gone. Uh, I wonder how soon you notice that. The corpse has been stolen. But uh, what did you expect? Huh? <laughs> Sorry to contradict you, Mr. Holmes, but uh, the corpse has been put back in the cabinet. Oh, indeed. Yes. As a matter of fact, it slipped my mind. You should have mentioned it sooner. Seems Dr. Lacey dropped in late last night and insisted on putting the cadaver back in the cabinet. Nothing the night watchman could say would dissuade him. I told you about his mania for order last night, Mr. Holmes. Ah, these are doubtless his fingerprints, then, here on the lock and around this panel of the cabinet. Oh, yes. Typical surgeon's hands. Long, sensitive fingers, but strong. Tips slightly speculate. Yes, yeah, that's lazy right enough. But, Holmes, aren't you going to look inside the cabinet? Well, I suppose we might as well, if Sir Lionel can provide us with the keys. Certainly, certainly. Uh, Lacey left his with the night watchman. Uh, here we are. By Jove, the corpse is missing. Yes, I gathered it might be. Well, now, now let's see if we can find anything further in the room itself. Ah, here we are, here we are. Prince of a third set of fingers. Yes, yes, yes. He came in here earlier than Lacey. And notice the fingerprints of the door now. First this individual, then Lacey, and finally, Mrs. Clutt. All nicely superimposed, one over the other. See, Holmes, this is fascinating, almost as exciting as a scientific experiment. Yes, yes, this third individual had not any too steady. Ah, here, here he stumbled and had to put his hand out to break himself. There's a nice print here on the wall. Mm. He moves over to this jar of alcohol. He removes the cover. Then he puts it back again. And here, here he staggered out. You mean he was intoxicated? Beautifully, beautifully. Yes, but I don't understand. Why in thunder did he come poking around, around here in the middle of the night? Well, Watson, have you no recollection of your own green salad days? Didn't you ever sneak a bit of uh, laboratory's alcohol to help out a celebration that had suddenly gone dry? Well, one of the students, eh? Any idea of which one, Mr. Holmes? Well, I think I can make a guess, but I don't intend to. The boy isn't mixed up in this body snatching. The corpse was here when he left. His prints are under laces on the doorknob. 
Oh, I, I just thought I'd slip in and polish up uh, my instruments before those petticoats get... I, I beg your pardon, sir. Uh, before Dr. Lacey gets to look at them. Uh, I'll come back later. Oh, no, 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 no. Come right in, come right in. We're just leaving. Yes, but Holmes, we haven't discovered anything. What we have, what we have. We know for sure that either Lacey or Mrs. Clutch is involved in this business. Possibly both. Yes, yes, sir. I suggest we go to pay the Clutch Menage a visit. Well, I'll be glad to take you over myself. Well, what are you worth? Look a bit fagged this morning. Uh, I'm all right, sir. A little liverish, that's all. <laughs> well, don't let it get you down. Come along, Watson. So, uh, Miss Potter. Yes, sir. So, uh, they tell me tomato juice is an excellent antidote for raw alcohol. <laughs> Mrs. Cutts' place over there, the, the house with the white shutters. Look at that crowd of people standing gawking out in front. I say, looks like something's happened. Yes, yes. There's my favorite watchdog of the law, Inspector Lestrade of Scotland Yard, standing in the doorway looking important. <laughs> oh, hello, hello, Lestrade. Uh, what's up, eh? Uh, plenty. A woman by the name of Clutz has just murdered her lodger, Dr. Lacey. Well, I told you she'd do it someday. Mm, any unusual details? No, open and shut case. First, she stabs him with a kitchen knife, then she throws the body, clothes and all, into a vat of nitric gas that this bloke was keeping in his dressing room. Indeed. Any objections if I come in and take a look around? Mm, all right. But I tell you, this case is open and shut. But come in, come in. Body's in first room, head of the stairs. It's not nice, but if you want to look, go ahead. I got to stay here. Oh, thanks, thanks. What a vile odor. Mm-hmm. Chemical smell, plus something else. Oh, that'll be the acid. Look out, look out. Stairs are dark. Holmes, Holmes. Do you hear that noise? Like something bubbling and crying? Yes, yes. That's the acid that's working on the body. Of course. That smell is acid and fat dissolving. Cracking. Much of the room. Oh, good morning, Jenkins. Jenkins, good morning. That's why I set you here to guard the body, eh? Yes, sir. <coughs> this air. Too... Oh, Jenkins, Jenkins, I think you might open another window. Get a draft through here. Yes, sir. Now, Watson, uh, if you'll bring me that jug labeled olive oil, you may as well stop the action of this acid. You're right. Yes, sir. Pour it right into the tub. Hmm. As Lestrade said, the remains are not exactly attractive. I wonder, Sir Lionel, if you could uh, bring yourself to uh, to identify Dr. Lacey. Oh, certainly, Mr. Holmes. I'm a medical man. I'm quite used to... Uh... Uh, yes, it is rather horrible. Tastes almost entirely eaten away. Yeah, with the dark hair, what was left of it, and the clothes and that ring, he never could get it off his little finger. Yes, yes, I think we may safely say that it's lacy for it, Well, Jenkins, how was he killed? Kitchen knife on the table there. Mrs. Clutch's fingerprints plain as day. <laughs> so Lestrade's been persuaded to the value of fingerprints, eh? Dear, 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 the world does progress. Yes, yes, yes. These are Mrs. Clutch's prints, all right. Oh. Hey, there, Joe. Hey, there, dear. Bring Mrs. Clutch along. Why didn't you go? Take it to the airport. I didn't kill him. He was dead when I come in. He was dead, I tell you. None of your lip and get going. Uh, let's try just a moment. I'd like to ask this uh, this lady a few questions. He was dead when I found him. Is it likely I had to call in the police if I did anything? Oh, you call in the police. Well, that she did. Leaning out the window, screaming bloody murder. Well, any idea who could have killed Dr. Lacey, Mrs. Clutch? No, sir. 
I ain't been no all night. On account of my sister's having a baby, I went straight to her place at the hospital. Oh, you had any chance to check up on that last time? Oh, that's straight enough, but she'd been home at least 20 minutes before she called the police. Time to murder half a dozen doctors. I didn't do it, Well, oh, You know, Lestrade, it's just possible that Mrs. Kretz may be right. Huh? You see, it would take several hours for acid to dissolve the corpse as far as this. What of it? Her fingerprints are on the knife. That's enough for me. Hers and no one else. Then why shouldn't me fingerprints be on that knife? It's me own kitchen knife, ain't it? Well, that knife, uh, suppose you look at it again. Now, what in blazes good? Now, notice the order of the fingerprints, for instance. Thumb and forefinger near the blade end of the handle. Now, uh, suppose suppose you take this pocket knife of mine and uh, and pretend to stab me with it. Now, this is just a lot of... All right. There, now, you see? Notice the way you hold it? Thumb against the outer end, little finger next to the blade. In other words, the grip for using a knife for kitchen work and for stabbing are exactly reversed. Dr. Lacey was not stabbed with this knife at all. It was put here by someone to incriminate Mrs. Clutch. Yes, but if she didn't do it, who did? Someone who wanted to get rid of her. You any idea who that could have been, Mrs. Clutch? No, sir. That I haven't. The only person mean enough to do a thing like this is that son of a gun, Lacey. And he's dead now, Lord rest his soul. Oh, dearie me, it's not bad enough having to murder in my own house and then losing my best lodger. But the police have to go accusing me on top of it all. Such as not, I'll never get another tenant of these rooms. Oh, dearie me. Well, all that is so much cross, my dear Mrs. Tuss, compared to the real danger you're in. What's that? The murderer. He's still at large. And he isn't exactly fond of you. I think I'll just drop in from time to time to make sure you haven't been murdered in your bed. Mrs. Clutch is in danger. Obviously, Watson. Obviously, confounded. Why didn't she answer the bell? Anything's happened? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Here she comes. Oh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Please just step inside. I'd have come to the door sooner, but I was upstairs cleaning out Dr. Lacey's suite. Would you believe it? I've got a tenant. You don't say, you don't say. Well, does he know it's history? Yes, sir, that he does, but he says he's not superstitious. Oh, how fortunate. What's he like? Well, he's a German. Professor or something. Come here to carry on some experimenting with Dr. Lacey. Dr. Lacey told me he was expecting him only last week. And so when he come asking for Lacey this morning, and I told him what had happened, right away he asked if Dr. Lacey's notes and instruments were still here. And when I said yes, he said he'd move right in and carry on while Lacey left off. Would you mind coming upstairs while I finish my work? Well, lead the way, Mrs. Clutch, lead the way. He's a nice-looking man, too. Blonde with a beard. He limps a little. Oh, it'll be a relief, I tell you, after that, Lacey. He was getting queerer and queerer going out at all hours of the night. I declare I was on the verge of telling the police to keep an eye on him more than once. Well, here we are. Just you set on the sofa. Now what in the name of... Well, from what I can see out of the window, I can say that your new lodger has arrived. Thanks, preservers. Excuse me, gentlemen, when I let him in. Home, then we better be going. In a moment, Watson, in a moment, plenty of time. This way, please. Look up at the tender stairs. Oh, my, ain't he hot? Oh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Holmes, Holmes. Uh, this is Herb Glover. Uh, Professor Glover, Glover. How do you do? Delighted. Sorry you had to come all this way and then find a friend dead. Ah, uh, he is no friend. He is what you call a uh, uh, colleague. Uh, Mrs. Clutch, the poor man who on the bed, please. Yes, well, I know Mrs. Clutch will make her comfortable. Uh, I trust you had better luck than Dr. Uh, um, uh, uh, come, Watson, come, come. We must be going. You see, Professor Glover, uh, we were the uh, the detectives on this case. Don't you have found? Nothing, I'm afraid, nothing. Hmm. Oh, these are my notes on the case. I'm really rather ashamed of them. 
Uh, would you mind if I uh, if I burn them here in your fireplace? Oh, not at all. Thank you, thank you. Oh, dear me, dear me, dear me. I don't seem to have a match. Uh, one moment, I'll get you some here. Here in the drawer at this table. Ah, here you are. A nice little box. Thank you, Dr. Lacey. Huh? I thought you would know where to find them. A place for everything and everything in its place. Yes, I was sure you would be drawn back to these rooms. Me? You think I am Dr. Lacey? He is dead, murdered. No, that wasn't Dr. Lacey in that tub of acid. It was one of the bodies he had stolen from St. Anthony's. It had a rather curious confirmation of the bones of the right foot. I had seen it the night before, so of course I recognized it. Your misfortune, Dr. Lacey. But his foot, sir, what is all this rubbish? And you see, it came to my attention not long ago that Professor Moriarty was getting in touch with quite a number of heavily insured businessmen. One after another, these men died. But by and by, the insurance companies became suspicious. I was told to investigate. I discovered that on several occasions, Professor Moriarty had called on Dr. Lacey. Dr. Lacey, who was experimenting with facial surgery. Dr. Lacey, who had access to any number of corpses from St. Anthony's. Well, in time, I began to suspect that Dr. Lacey was working on these dead bodies and transforming them so they would look like the gentlemen who wished to collect their insurance. Hmm. Professor Moriarty made a handsome profit, I believe. Unfortunately, though, I, I couldn't prove my theory. It is crazy. No one would believe it. Oh, so I found. Ah, then what good does it do you? Just this. When you're in prison, the whole scheme will fall to the ground. But I am not Dr. Lacey. You have no proof. There you are wrong, sir. This little matchbox which you just handed me contains all the proof that I need. On it is a set of fingerprints, which is identical with some on the cabinet door in the laboratory of St. Anthony's. And those fingerprints are known to be Dr. Lacey's. Oh, it's magnificent. Oh, elemental. Elemental, my dear Watson, elemental. And that's the end of the story, Mr. Bell. But Dr. Watson, didn't the man ever confess? He did better than that. He offered to show up Moriarty. But when they came to take down his testimony, he was found dead on his prison cot. Obviously, more of Moriarty's work. There's one thing I don't understand. Why didn't he take the same way out as the businessmen? Surely he could have doctored some corpse up so it looked like himself. He could have, Mr. Bell, but that's where human nature comes in. He hated Mrs. Klutz, so he wanted to implicate her. It was his big mistake. <laughs> well, that certainly is a fascinating story, Dr. Watson. Now, now to get back to something where there are never any mistakes. I know what you're hinting at now. Another cup of G. Washington coffee. Yes, indeed. Dr. Watson, have you ever stopped to consider how much the word economy has come to mean to Americans during the last couple of years? It's come to mean more to me, too. I have to save on a lot of things I never thought about before. How do you do it, Dr. Watson? Does it mean giving up all the good things in life and using cheaper quality? Not at all, Mr. Bell. I still keep to the good things, but I'm a little more careful how I use them. More satisfaction in being a little careful with good things, you know, than in putting up with poor quality. Oh, by the way. <laughs> what is it, Dr. Watson? You're, you're chuckling over something now. It's only fair to tell what it is. <laughs> well, a, a lot of people have been taking a lesson from Sherlock Holmes, Mr. Bell. They've, they've been drawing deductions. About what? About my book of Sherlock Holmes stories, Mr. Bell. They've been absorbent enough to notice the little number one on the back of the volume. And they want to know if there are going to be other books. There's more stories in them later on. I'm afraid I'm not very observant, Dr. Watson. I never noticed that little one. And are there going to be more stories? I can't tell for sure, Mr. Bell. I've been talking it over with Mr. Washington. But just in case there are, I want everybody to get volume one right away. 
so they won't be left when the first edition runs out and be unable to make up their complete set. That's right, too. We'll have to warn them about that. Especially with that economy we were talking about. It's worthwhile getting a really good book for nothing. What about G. Washington? Is that economy? Of course it is. You know a Sherlock Holmes story about the rich old mustard manufacturer, aren't you? I know, Dr. Watson. I can't say that I do. Well, it's a good story. It applies to saving money on coffee, too. It seems a smart young man, who thought he was smart anyway, asked the mustard king if he really made all his money out of the little bit of mustard people used on their food. And what did he say? He said no. He made most of it out of the mustard people leave on their plates. And that's just the way it is with coffee, or ordinary coffee, anyway. You mean the real expense is not what you drink, but what you waste. Exactly, and that's where G. Washington says there's no waste. You only make what you want, and yet you can have all you want. Well, that sounds like economy, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Watson and I want you to test G. Washington economy. Get a four-ounce can right away. Don't be afraid of the size of the can or the price. G. Washington is economical because it ends waste. And as a special inducement, why, Dr. Watson will give you one of his books of seven Sherlock Holmes stories. Just print your name and address on the back of a label from your four-ounce can and send it to Morristown, New Jersey. You will receive, without cost, a handsome Dubuque book with a gold profile of Holmes on the cover and a picture of Dr. Watson as a frontispiece. In that way, you'll have the satisfaction of proving to yourself that G. Washington won't wreck your family budget and of getting a handsome book of Sherlock Holmes stories for nothing. Please note down the address, Morristown, New Jersey. And send in that four-ounce can label right away so you won't be left without volume one if the good doctor persuades Mr. Washington to wish him volume two. Now, Dr. Watson, what about next week's story? Next week, I'm going to tell you the story of a man 20 years older than his bride and how death came to Rose Hill. And now, in answer to numerous requests, we want to announce that the Sherlock Holmes program has been on the air for three years. The part of Sherlock Holmes is played by Richard Gordon, that of Dr. Watson by Lee Lovell. Neither Mr. Gordon nor Mr. Lovell play the part of the detective and his doctor friend in any other program. Now, this episode, the intro, outro, um, to be honest, doesn't seem to quite go along with the with the whole show. Now, I thought the mystery itself was pretty good. Uh, some great Holmesian deduction here. Uh, you have to love that uh, in in solving this case. Even though I, I'm not a fan of uh, this particular uh, style of Holmes. Um, uh, but the Lewis the Lewis Hector side. Uh, the the problem we run into. Uh, it said at the beginning this is based on the final problem. Um, my problem with this is that other than Moriarty, uh, that's kind of a loose tie, uh, because this is all about. Uh, this is all really about. Uh, the the body snatching, uh, not really 
you know, Moriarty is kind of uh, a, a subtext at the end to, to kind of tie everything all together. Um, so that that's a problem. Uh, my big problem, too, with this one was figuring out when it was uh, made. Now, the, the download site I got this from placed this show in 1933. Uh, in the episode log I found places it in 1933. And the ending comments at the end of the show would indicate that this was uh, 1933, three years after uh, Sherlock Holmes had been on the air. Um, the problem is... Uh, this does not sound like the uh, Sherlock Holmes that we had that I had identified um, as actually uh, Richard Gordon uh, in the House of Three Gables. Uh, and then not just in the House of Three Gables, but in the Noble Bachelor. Um, the Both of these Richard Gordon episodes... Um, now, the Noble Bachelor, uh, the House of Three Gables, Bulls, uh, an original Sherlock Holmes story, as far as I know, was only done once in some unrelated um, performance. But the same actors did The Noble Bachelor, um, which only appeared in this uh, in this run with Gordon uh, in 1933, um, and again in um, again in 1940 with Basil Rathbone, but. This obviously was not Basil Rathborn. Um, so we're left with a bit of we're left with a bit of a mystery here. So I, I lean towards in my deduction here uh, with this particular episode because to me uh, the Sherlock Holmes here sounds uh, basically uh, like Louis Hector is that this was a Louis Hector episode. Um, most likely from the 1935 season, um, where the 1935 season um, has Louis uh, Hector and Lee Lavelle as uh, uh, Dr. Watson. Uh, we conclude it's from the 1935 series because there are a lot of those those episodes uh, which are which have a missing uh, solution. Um, so that is my deduction and I, I, I'd like to say it's elementary but I'm not even 100% I'm sure I'm right but I, I want to make sure I get these in order so I will say this was sometime in 1935 uh, between February 10th and May 26th ish hope that, hope that helps um, alright well this is actually uh, Lee Lavelle's final episode uh, that we'll have with him is Dr. Watson. He actually passes away uh, and is replaced in the cast. Um, and we, we have two episodes featuring uh, Luis Hector and, uh, and uh, the replacement uh, for the next season, um, uh, which, will, which will be Harry West. So I hope you'll join us for that. Uh, got any comments on the show, feel free to email me. Box13 at greatdetectives.net. Uh, cast your vote at podcastalley.com. Uh, and please, um, uh, please, please visit the show notes site, greatdetectives.net. Friday is Dollar Days with Johnny Dollar coming up on Friday. For now, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.